1: Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, Enter the cat cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, empowered by the Fans First Sports Network, where you can find shows such as Embrace Debate and Inside the Vault. Over there on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, and we got a special guest today one of the one of the co hosts of Embrace the Embrace Debate. Easy for me to say, Coney Lashney is with us to talk Carolina Panthers. Coney, how's it going today, bud?
0: I'm doing good, Ryan. How are you? Uh, I'm, I you know I'm doing better than the Panthers are right now at at zero and three. But yeah, happy to be here with you today.
1: Yeah, no, I really appreciate you being here. We you know sort of peel back the curtain a little bit, sort of last minute uh, last minute thing here. But but I'm excited to have someone who's as enthusiastic about about football talk and especially about the Panthers uh, as as I am. Um, and you mentioned do it, and you mentioned it, and let's get right into it here. Uh, we are coming off a weekend where the Panthers lose, once again, uh, More, more, I think more newsworthy than anything else. Uh, Bryce Young was added to the injury report. We actually talked about it on the show last week and uh, did not play in this game. Andy Dalton got the start uh, in the loss at Seattle, 37-27. Uh, Cody, I'm going to open this up with you. The Panthers' offense seemed to move a little better under Andy Dalton Despite the offensive line continuing to struggle, giving up three sacks again, the running game still not able to really get going. 2.7 yards per carry for Miles Sanders, despite him finding the end zone. I believe it was after a pass interference put them uh, on the goal line. Um, and then Adam Thiel in the last two weeks has seemed to sort of finally get involved in this offense, both with Bryce Young and Andy and, and Andy Dalton. Uh, so I guess my question to you is, is what is what are you seeing on offense or what have you seen on offense from week one until this week.
0: Well, one thing to note that often gets overlooked is that this is not the same offensive line that carried the Carolina Panthers down the stretch at the end of last season. We're missing Brady Christensen, our starting left guard. He's out with the torn bicep. You've had this revolving door at right guard. Originally, it was Chandler Zavala. Then it was Cade Mays. Now, last Sunday, you had Calvin Throckmartin, who didn't do a bad job, But you have this revolving door at two of the most important positions when it comes to running the football. I mean, this is why Andy Dalton had 58 pass attempts. That is an insane amount of pass attempts for a quarterback in today's NFL. And to me, that is the answer for why Adam Thielen had such a big day. Right now, no other wide receiver has really proven themselves in this receiving core other than Adam Thielen. Uh, DJ Chark had two big receptions for the first time this year, but Adam Thielen is Mr. Reliable, Mr. Uh, de- dependable, and I-, I think he's probably going to have another big matchup this Sunday as he plays his old team in the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I-, I think Andy Dalton, uh, having all that experience, had you know just a better idea of when to get the ball out of his hands, uh, just better timing, a little bit better rhythm, and I think it was a blessing in disguise that Bryce had to sit out. You know, let, let him sit for a little bit. Let him continue to learn on the fly. Let some some players come back from IR, and maybe this team might be able to to make a push and, and be better on offense, because we have not been very
1: good. No, I mean, listen, I had the Panthers starting off uh, one and two. Uh, I had I believe I had them losing to the Seahawks. But I did not have them losing uh, to to the Falcons in Week One, no. and certainly certainly not last week. Um, well, no, I, I may have had them losing last week. I, I I might stand corrected on that. However, I, I think that the offense you, you mentioned all the all the revolving door at the at the offensive line and, and needing to get uh, healthy up there. Um, listen, I think this despite who you have running the offensive line, nine carries for your lead back is not is not really a. a, a Recipe for success in Carolina. I think nope. even even before uh, you know Cam Newton, D'Angelo De, uh, – Williams. Well, I, I guess let's backtrack. Before Cam Newton, we had D'Angelo Deang- Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, running this backfield. Uh, you know, you go back even further. You remember guys like Steven Davis, Tim Batuca. You always had running backs that were able to sort of put this team on their back and carry them. I know it's early, and I don't want to hit the panic button because I was a guy who thought that you know i was optimistic miles sanders coming off of a, of a of a career year in philadelphia able to really stay healthy for the first time for an entire season uh finally gets involved in this in this receiving game i mentioned on the show last week that going into the monday night game i needed like 11 points out of miles sanders in fantasy football in order to go get over the hump and i needed two points for miles sanders on that last drive and they pull pull him out and chuba hubbard gets four or five receptions on that last drive uh to to take that three point deficit yep. Um, is again, I don't want to panic. Is it, how do you feel about Miles Sanders in this running game here in Carolina?
0: I feel any running back is going to go the way of their offensive line. And when you look at last year, uh, Miles Sanders had um, almost 1300 rushing yards. Uh, you know, he had, uh, I believe on the order of 13 touchdowns. And that doesn't look like the guy running for the Carolina Panthers right now. But they had a considerably better offensive line. And we have a lot of young players on this O line right now while we're waiting for Austin Corbett to come back. We have Chandler Zavala. Uh, uh, Throck Martin is a brand new addition to this offensive line. So, I mean, really, it's if, you know, now there's all this controversy about do you pay running backs high dollar or do you just draft them, you know, even in the later rounds? and continue that revolving door. I mean, look at Ed chain for the Dolphins right now. That dude is balling out of control. Every year, there are these running backs that come out of nowhere, out of left field, and they end up being, you know, 100-yard rushers a game, you know, over 1,000 yards in a season. So I'm not a big fan of paying running backs a lot of money to begin with, but I really do feel like it's taking a little bit too much of the blame right now I don't really know that anyone would be very effective behind this offensive line right now, but I understand why you would be disappointed, you know, for the amount of money that we paid him. He hasn't exactly lived up to that level of performance. So yeah, I I understand the criticism.
1: No, I'm I'm, listening. I I appreciate you kind of, uh, you know, understanding my sentiment here. Um, I think there is a, there is a, a, a silver lining in this offensive performance. Uh, just over 50% on third down conversions, 10 of 19 on third down. I think it goes to speak of the fact that the offense is trying to push and and doing what they can to stay on the field. Uh, again, they're playing in Seattle, one of the loudest stadiums in the, in the league. And again, I don't want to keep beating up that dead horse that is the offensive line, but a lot of false starts, 13 penalties in this game for the Panthers for 82 yards. you think that was a, a result of, of just sort of inexperience and, and, and just – inefficient offensive line, or do you think this, this that's something that can be cleaned up outside of the confines of, of the Seattle Seahawks stadium?
0: Well, I mean, it's something I hope can be cleaned up. You know, I mean, when you have your left tackle giving up four false start penalties in a row and just backing us up, it, it's just, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts. Uh, you need more discipline, and that's going to come with time, but that's also going to come with having a consistent offensive line I know I sound like a broken record here, but so much of that offensive line position is your ability to do and play off of the man next to you. So you have this, you know, for example, Bradley Bozeman, I find, has been drawing a lot of criticism uh, at center. And Bradley Bozeman has had a different combination of left and right guard next to him, you know, for the first three games of the year. It's hard to gel and get that cohesiveness when everything is constantly a roulette of different players. So I'm hoping that as we continue to get healthy, that that's going to be something that you see improve, uh, both on pass protection, but yeah, definitely in running the football. And we're going to have to continue to split carries between Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders and really have a two-horse attack that uh, will hopefully be able to take some time off the clock and keep our offense off of the field let them get their heads together and continue to roll.
1: Yeah. And listen, I, I talked about the 10 for 10 for 19 on third down. Uh, they, they only gave up three sacks to Andy Dalton Like um, and three hundred sixty one again, 58 pass attempts, but 361 yards for Andy Dalton. Uh, I'm hopeful that you know, maybe like you mentioned a blessing in disguise for quarterback Bryce Young to sit back, see what Andy Dalton's doing. I, we, st- I still don't know what exactly his ankle injury was, there was video of him prior, uh, pre-game walking without a noticeable limp um so i'm i'm hoping that that i don't know we'll, we'll talk about what they're doing right here in a second but i hope that uh, you know they want to make sure that he's 100% uh behind this offensive line uh so that he can come back uh, maybe maybe in a week or two and and see if he can execute this offense let's move over to the defensive side of the ball uh, for a second in this game uh they didn't look terrible uh, i mean they did give up a lot of yards to both Kenneth Walker on the ground with 97 yards, 5.4 yards per carry for the second year running back. Uh, They gave up almost 300 yards to Geno Smith, but he was only able to find the end zone once. He also threw an interception in that game. Um, DK Metcalf is going to do DK Metcalf things uh, with with 112 yards. Uh, But the defense held Seattle to three for 13 on third downs, uh, as well as the eight penalties on on both sides of the ball uh, for Seattle for, for 82 yards. I think, and I don't want to skip ahead, but but how are you feeling? Again, Seattle put up 37 points. This defense is is what this, this team was known for coming into the season. There's a lot of really talented guys, or I should say there were a lot of really talented guys on this defense to start the season. Uh, what do you see from the defense and their performance this past weekend?
0: Well, I, you know for the first two weeks of the season, I see a, a tale of two halves. You have an offense that can't do anything. So your defense starts strong, they're getting after the quarterback, they're protecting well downfield, but then they're always out there on the field because your offense can never sustain your drive. And then inevitably you have guys like Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson, and they're always good to get burned bad at least once a game, you know? And uh, I think that over time, you know, late in ball games, you have this point where they'll launch a deep ball, downfield and they'll make a big connection and they're able to earn chunk plays against our defense late in football games and you know a a lot of it is just tackling there's such terrible tackling uh people with dirty eyes in the backfield not being mindful of where receivers are meant to attack downfield not knowing their assignments uh they they just have to do better when it comes to things like that but when you're missing jc horn was supposed to be your shutdown corner, a player who I know you know a lot about uh, being a Gamecock fan. You know, everyone has been pulling for the man. Everyone wants him to be healthy and and be available. I believe in that scenario, you would have had J.C. Horn on D.K. Metcalf and Dante Jackson on the Tyler Lockett type of a player, and we weren't able to do that just because we didn't have the personnel available. So we have to get healthy on both sides of the football. We're missing Chat Thompson, and I think that's starting to kind of rear up when it comes to the missed tackles, uh, specifically defending a run uh, in the middle of our defense, and it just builds up and adds up over time. But uh, whenever we're able to play more, um, you know, better offense in the first half, I believe will lead directly to better defense in the second half of football games. So hopefully that can happen.
1: Yeah, listen. uh, to your point, if the defense is going to be on the field for a, a vast majority of, of a half, uh, they're going to get worn down, and and you know those, they're going to be less likely to get after the quarterback. They're going to be less likely to be able, maybe not to be able to to, to make those tackles, but to, to to have the stamina to to withstand a, a, an onslaught from an offense like a thirty seven point Seahawks do. Uh, but you already missed. You already mentioned we're missing Shaq Thompson. We're missing J.C. Horn. Three other key defensive players in this game go down. As Frankie Luvu got uh, suffered a hip pointer, uh, CJ Henderson was injured in the first half of this game, I believe, with an ankle injury, and then Xavier Woods, uh, starting safety, went down with a hamstring injury. Uh, I don't. Maybe there's something in the water that the defensive players are drinking right now because it. Not only is the defense struggling with it with an offense that can't keep them off the field. But it seems, it seems to be that they're dropping like flies. Um, I, I believe I'm not mistaken. Brian Burns may have been on the injury report, but he, he still played this game. Uh, what would you attribute the injuries on the defense to so early in this season?
0: Well, we've only had one home game at the moment. Uh, that was on Monday Night Football. And I know for a long time, they've talked about how terrible the turf is in Bank of America Stadium. Um, I don't know if this is uh, a contributing factor, but I know we were definitely hurt a lot last year as well. Um, I, I don't know what it is, man. I mean, it, when when whenever you go into an NFL season, there's a degree of luck to every team, and you know you might have the best odds to be a Super Bowl contender at the start of the year, but if you don't end up healthy, it's just impossible for every team to have a a fully well-rounded 53-man roster with the perfect amount of depth at every position, it just doesn't happen. So even though the Panthers might be a little bit better than we're currently presenting on paper, yeah, when you don't have your playmakers like a Frankie Louvre, like a Shaq Thompson, like a JC Horn, I mean, let alone if Brian Burns is not able to play, I mean, that dude is our primary means of rushing the passer. And if you don't have him, it's like, Well, then who? Uh, A 33-year-old Justin Houston on the left side? It's just it's not a recipe for success right now. Um, I don't know what to say about it, man. I hope everyone is able to continue to stay healthy. Uh, We're going to get some pieces back from IR in the form of Austin Corbett and J.C. Horn. So hopefully, as the season continues to move on, we'll get some pieces back and maybe be able to play our best football later in uh, November and December, hopefully.
1: Uh, listen, I'm optimistic too. I want I want these guys to get healthy. I want them to stay healthy. No team can go a, a, now with a 17 game schedule where everybody's at 100 health. So um, I'm hoping that everybody can come back healthy. Uh, and like you said, we can get some of those returning guys uh, and and maybe turn that corner and and, and turn this 0 3 team around because 0 3 teams when it comes to playoff contention are, are more times, more often than not, a death sentence when it comes to making the playoffs. So the Panthers have a lot of work to do. Um, but speaking of a lot of work to do, I'm going to open the floor to you because I, I, you know, from some of the stuff that I've seen on social media, I feel like you are, you are an optimist when it comes to these Carolina Panthers. Uh, so I ask, I, well, I ask you the question, uh, hoping you're going to help, help take me off the ledge. What are the Panthers doing right right now that you've seen through three weeks, despite them being 0-3 on the season? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you put me on the spot. With I did. Ones. Yeah, I did. Uh,
0: I mean, doing right. I, I mean, uh, listen, there's not a lot. I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you right now. There's not a lot that I'm in love with um, in, in terms of this team. Uh, I, I think an interesting conversation has been the contract around Brian Burns because uh, you know everyone knows Brian Burns he's been in need of a brand new contract and there's been this debate over whether or not you should or shouldn't pay Brian Burns the amount of money that he's looking for now I've personally been in the camp of pay Brian Burns just because he's your best player and you know to have to restart it's hard to find another 3 4 outside linebacker that can play at a high level in today's NFL. So for that reason alone, I would have wanted to have signed him. Um, And I think the fact that they turned down two first-round draft picks last year for Brian Burns and the fact that they still haven't paid him, even knowing that they were going to have to pay him, you know, it, it really makes me question what's going on in that front office. And I know that question is, well, what are the Panthers doing right? Now I'm even starting to wonder if maybe there's a method behind the madness and in that, you know, Brian Burns for the second half of football games kind of has a tendency to disappear right now. And he doesn't really take over a football game in the same way that a Miles Garrett or a T.J. Watt would. And I feel like maybe them being a little bit hesitant to sign all these players benefits the development of your quarterback down the road because as years go on you're going to have cap dollars to be able to manipulate and more money to spend you're better served using that money on free agent players and being able to draft well to build around your quarterback while you have them on a rookie contract i feel like that's the plan that they have right now they've been successful to a point but I would, I definitely want to see them continue to do so and build around Bryce while they have the opportunity to do so on a cheaper contract.
1: Yeah, I, I love everything you said. I, I'll, I'll give you my two cents. I think part of what they're doing right on offense is getting the ball to their playmakers. I mean, I, as far as trying to get the ball to their playmakers, Adam Thielen has been heavily involved the last two weeks. I know you mentioned that, uh, that, that, that Andy Dalton had 58 pass attempts in this game. Uh, but Thielen had a big a big week too. I, I think we sort of we were expecting to see what we've seen out of Adam Thielen in the last two weeks in Week One that we didn't see uh, against the Falcons uh, on the in opening day, if you will. Um, I guess I, I kind of want to push push the question back to you for a second because I've been very bullish on Titan Haydenhurst. He was the the number one target in Week One. Uh, he was, uh, I believe, I, I could be wrong. He he did have a couple of, of really good receptions in week two, but they didn't get him involved late. He had one catch in this game. Um, not to, to flip the question to what are they doing wrong just yet, but do you think that the Panthers should, should go back to trying to lo- utilize Hayden Hurst? Or do you think teams, after seeing what they did in week one, are doing what they can to sort of uh, minimize what Hayden Hurst is allowed to do in this offense?
0: I mean, yeah, I'm a firm believer, especially if you have a young quarterback, that a high-level tight end. That's their safety blanket. like That's their their bit of comfort, knowing that you can track down to a big, strong tight end or be able to go up the seam, which is a, a, an ability that I believe Hayden Hurst has. Um, I, I do want to see them continue to utilize him more in this offense, especially because right now, I mean, your only real weapon, your only real proven weapon at wide receiver is Adam Thielen, like you mentioned. So you might as well continue to implement your tight end because your other wide receivers, they're not getting a lot of separation, Um, You know, especially when you're just talking about passing the football. I've been very disappointed with the development of Jonathan Mango. I just have not been very impressed. He's not getting a lot of separation. Uh, DJ Chart finally was able to do something, but the man came off of an injury, and that's been the story to his career thus far. Is that he's been injured most of the places that has been. So yeah, if you're gonna have, uh, you know, tough dependable players like Adam Thielen and Hiddenhurst, I would want to continue to utilize them as much as possible. And I think they've done an all right job of it. But yeah, I would love to see more.
1: I'm right there with you, man. I'm, a, I'm like I said, I preseason, I I I have <laughs> had to I've had to since backtrack my my thoughts and my comments. But I thought that Hayden Hurst was gonna was gonna push uh, towards a hundred receiving a hundred receptions on the season or a thousand yards on the season. And uh, and through three weeks, I'm not sure. I think there's a, there's still a chance, but through three weeks, I'm not sure how, exactly how many receptions he has. But he's got a long way to go. Uh, week one, I thought, okay, we're on the way. This is exactly what I wanted to see. And uh, and he sort of uh, slowed down. Uh, now I I wanted to leave some room for uh, optimism because now we get to we get to be a little pessimistic. Outside of injuries, outside of the offensive line, what do you see that the Panthers might be doing wrong that they need to work on if they're going to get that first win in 2023?
0: I think they need to be more dynamic in their offensive play calling. And that's actually been one of the bigger controversial topics through three weeks of the season is that, you know, a lot of people want uh, to go from Frank Reich, our head coach being the one calling the plays, to our offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown who came from that Sean McVay coaching tree over there with the Los Angeles Rams. He's very highly touted. Um, I think you're going to have to do better, man. When you have a dynamic running back like Miles Sanders, who is a great pass catcher, nimble, he can stretch the ball from sideline to sideline, and the only thing that you're able to do with him is run him up the A-gap and B-gap for, what, two yards of play? It is like there? There is there's no ingenuity to this offense right now and I feel like you need to do a better job of scheming your wide receivers open and getting them open downfield and really have some design routes to be able to utilize the strength of your players particularly of the I don't feel has been featured enough in this offense right now for the Carolina Panthers um, just more creativity and honestly a lot of my criticisms are toward Fitterer Uh, our general manager at the moment because you know there's all this debate about how much control he had over the Carolina Panthers seeing as though Matt Rule had been here for the past three years and he had final say so on all roster decisions but now we're looking at this team that still has a lot of holes on both offense and defense and he's been the general manager for three years now so are we not supposed to put blame on him for continuing to field the team that's not able to compete right out of the right out of the gate. It's like it doesn't make sense. I've been very critical of our ownership and of our general management right now. And we need to be able to draft better. DJ Johnson, who we traded up for, was a healthy inactive and was not playing for us. We have to start hitting on those later round picks. And that to this point. It's something we have not done very well at all.
1: Uh, Yeah, to your point, uh, when it comes to Miles Sanders being dynamic and not getting going, uh, averaging, running up the A and B gaps, Mm -hmm. on the season, 139 rushing yards, averaging 3.4 yards per carry through three games. Um, I'm right there with you. We need to be more dynamic on offense. Uh, There needs to be somebody to answer to the fact that we haven't haven't drafted all that well. I mean, you mentioned A-Chain earlier in the show. A chain was a was a what a third or a fourth round draft pick by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he was nursing a shoulder injury early in the in the season, you know, in the preseason, and it comes off for 200 plus rushing yards and four total touchdowns. Now, albeit in a 70 point game put up by the Miami Dolphins, uh, but yeah, it's sort of as as a Panthers fan, it's got to be frustrating that year in and year out, uh, you you expect this year to be the year. And a lot, there was a lot of optimism coming off of last season when you were a game away from making the playoffs. Get the number one pick, get who everybody was expecting to be, despite his his size disadvantage, the, the best quarterback in the draft. And, and I feel like it, it, it almost feels as though we've taken a step back uh, compared to, to where we were, on top of the fact that you know, Baker Mayfield was the guy that that one, one of those guys that sort of um you know, we scoffed at like, why are we bringing in a guy like Baker Mayfield? Uh, you know, he, he didn't finish the season with us and finished with the Rams. And now he's with the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are undefeated going into Monday night football. And, you know, again, peek behind the curtain, we're recording the show before uh, the Eagles and Bucks play on Monday night. Uh, however, it's got to be frustrating as a Panthers fan thinking that going into the season, the Bucs were going to be more than likely competing for that spot to go get, uh, Caleb Williams, or another one of those highly touted quarterbacks coming out of college, and and now they're sitting at, at, at top of the division. Yeah, at three and zero, it's astounding. To with
0: me. Baker Mayfield, man, yeah. with Baker Mayfield, it 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 hurts right now, man. The Panthers are zero and three. You know, we, the Saints and the Falcons managed to lose, and yet we're still further behind. It's it's just a tough go all the way out. Um, And another thing, too, is during the preseason, there was this whole narrative about, you know, when we were able to not put up any points against the Jets, looked pretty bad throughout most of the preseason, there was this narrative of, well, we're saving all of our playbook for the starter against Atlanta and then New Orleans at home. Well, what they did to themselves, which is essentially shooting themselves in their own foot, they raised the expectations for what this offense would be far higher than what they were capable of doing. Because we thought, all right, come week one against Atlanta in Atlanta, we're going to turn it on and start throwing the ball downfield, really being inventive. And there's been none of that. So they really set themselves up to fail uh, from that aspect. And then, yeah, man, sometimes, you know, I'm a big believer that uh, a lot of your success comes with the team that you play for. Sam Darnold has been a very bad quarterback for a very long time, was bad with us. And then last year, you finally gave him an offensive line. You finally had some weapons that could make something happen in DJ Moore. You have uh, Steve Wilkes, a coach that people believe in, was able to motivate people, and he played his best football. And that, that's not a surprise to me. Same with Baker Mayfield. You know They've been a perennial contender albeit with Tom Brady for the past few years, but they have a good football team down there in Tampa Bay, and Baker has been able to kind of utilize that knowledge of bumping around from different team to different team, and now they're starting to play well. Um, You know, Health plays such an important factor into all of this. It's what time of the year are you healthy? I don't mind being a little bit banged up earlier in the season if it means that later on when the games mean a little bit more, We have those players coming back and healthy for us. It doesn't look great right now, but I'm hoping that that's going to end up being what happens for the Panthers. Get back some players and get back to playing downhill football.
1: Well, let's start off with this coming weekend. We get another 0-3 team in the Minnesota Vikings. Now, again, this line will more than likely change by the time this this show airs over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network. But currently, the Vikings are opening up as a -a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Carolina, the Vikings had their chances to win uh, in Los Angeles. Some some really questionable play calling at the end of that game where the Chargers turned the ball over on downs deep in Minnesota Vikings territory. The Vikings go and throw an interception at the goal line uh, to allow the Chargers to get their first win of the season, while Minnesota also falls to 0-3. Cody, is this the week the Panthers finally going to win uh, with or without Bryce Young at quarterback?
0: I hope so, man. The 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 one thing that really worries me is Justin Jefferson on our defensive backfield. Uh, I'm sorry, right now I just don't have a lot of trust in C.J. Henderson and Dante Jackson at this moment. Uh, and the Minnesota Vikings, they've played tough against every team that they've played thus far. Um, I mean, th- these are two teams that are hungry for a W right now. It's hard to come back from 0-3, let alone to go 0-4. That, that, would be, that would be tough. Um, the million-dollar question is, who do you start at the quarterback position? A lot of people say the fact that you traded up so much and moved up for Bryce Young means that he should be the one to play. But I do think that Andy Dalton did look a little more efficient under center for the Carolina Panthers. It's a bit of a conundrum. I would still roll with Bryce, let him continue to gel, Hopefully he's a little more healthy and not banged up and and see what you have in the young man. And I'm a firm believer of if a bad season his first year is enough to break him for good, he was never going to be the dude anyway. So you're never going to play football, learn it from the bench, get him out there, get the reps, get that cohesion between Bryce, the O-line, your receiving core, and continue to build for the future. Because right now you really have no choice.
1: Yeah, I think if Bryce Young is healthy enough to play, I think you play him, especially considering the Minnesota Vikings is probably the worst defense they've played all season, that including the Atlanta Falcons, who surprisingly kept uh, kept the, the Lions pretty low scoring over this past weekend. And then the Saints, again, the Saints have you know a very respectable defense, uh, and the Seahawks are known for their defense despite giving up 27 points to these Panthers uh, this past weekend. I think the Vikings uh, have the worst defense that they've played so far this season. So I, I'm expecting... First of all, I think if, if the line stays around three and a half, I think Carolina covers and I think Carolina finally gets their win this season, regardless of whether they start Bryce Young or Andy Dalton at quarterback. Cody, we are up against it, but Cody Lashley, everybody is, is well, he's doing about as much stuff as Desmond Johnson, the producer <laughs> at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. I really is. am. Cody, Cody, tell the folks where they can find you on social media and what you, what all you've got going on.
0: Yeah, find me at Cody Lack on Twitter. Uh, If you've been on Twitter any length of time, you've probably seen my tweets floating around. Uh, I am the producer of the C3 Panthers podcast every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Every uh, Sunday, 30 minutes after the game, we do our post-game show. We call it the Panther therapy session because uh, Panther fans need to vent after losses like what we've been experiencing. Uh, And then every Friday at 7 p.m., I do the Friday free-for-all. And it's literally a show where anyone can join the stream via StreamYard. I post the link in the chat room and in the description of the YouTube video. And we have a great time, man. Uh, You know, I've been doing that for a while and I I love doing it. We've built a fantastic community over there at C3. Um, I'm also the Panthers analyst at drafttech.com. I write first and second round comments uh, for the Panthers and their draft um, every year. So, yeah, check me out on. All platforms.
1: Yeah, Cody, this has been really fun. I'm going to have to have you back on the show uh, real quick. Everybody that's watching the show, you want to find me? Um, not doing as much as Cody and Dez are <laughs> on Twitter at Tabouts and TDs. As you know, I do a wrestling show on Monday nights, a, rest, a football show on Wednesday nights. You can go to Facebook.com/slash Tapouts and Touchdowns. You can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network uh, weekly. Uh, Folks, this has been a fantastic time. Hopefully, we all get to watch the Carolina Panthers get their first win of the season. But until then, exit the Cat Cave until next week. But listen to more content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina-centric podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Cody Lashner, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right back here inside the Cat Cave.